Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology. Hello, good afternoon, Marlowe. Hello, the web. How are we? Thank you again for joining us. Yes, my name's Sam Sethi. We're here again with a brilliant, brilliant guest. I'm so excited. Uh, today's guest is Steve Pankhurst. Now, that's a name uh, you may or may not have heard, but I'm sure you would have heard of Friends Reunited, uh, one of the original social networks. Steve was one of the co-founders of Friends Reunited, along with his wife, Julie. Steve, how are you? Welcome. Very good. Thank you. Very nice intro. Uh, yeah, well, it's such a such a I think iconic site I would call it um, because all of us, you know, grew up with the internet of of our age, and I'll, I'm I'm fifty now. I mean, we were just saying off air. It's twenty years ago. Friends reunited. I know it's a little bit scary, that actually. Um, yeah, we actually I actually wrote the first version of it in probably May 2000. So yeah, we're coming up to 20 year anniversary. So big party then? Um, <laughs> no, I've forgotten about it until you said it. To be honest, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's such a lot has happened since, but it, it does feel like yesterday as well. To be honest, we should have a friends reunited reunited us. Well. well, I think yeah. there's an opportunity there, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Um, okay, let's give you a little bit of background on Steve. So Steve was the original programmer of it, as you will find out. But the journey that Friends Reunited took is quite fascinating because when Steve was building it with his partner Jason and his wife Julie. The stuff that we take for granted today, you know, that we see on Facebook or MySpace or other social networks, weren't invented. But before we get into Friends Reunited, as this show always does, we have a, what what are you up to today, what happened in the past, and then a little bit about the future. Uh, and in the future section, I really am going to ask Steve about what he thinks um, is going on with social networking sites like Facebook. But let's start off with, what are you doing today? What am I doing today? It's well, before one, really. I do that, <clears throat> what does your... LinkedIn profile say, come ah, on. I'm not allowed to say that, either, am I? <laughs> yes, you can. <clears throat> well, as long as it hasn't got the sweary bit in it, yes. <clears throat> um, I actually can't remember exactly the name of the com- fictitious company I made up, um, <laughs> but it does basically imply that I don't do a lot, I think. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I won't go into the name of it. It was supposed to stop people sending pictures to me, but um, it didn't seem to work. Okay. Um, so what do you do? I mean... Um, well, really, for the last fifteen years, sort of, um, I, I sold the company in um, two thousand and five. Um, I don't know; it's, it's, it sounds a bit arrogant to say it. But I, you enjoy but life. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy life. I do a lot of sport, a lot of mountain biking. We were talking about um, travel a bit. I brought the kids up because they were very young in two thousand and five. Uh, do a lot of angel investing. Look, look, sort of um, look at a lot of companies, startups. Um, yeah, I'd sort of just in a lot of lunches, a lot of drinking, I suppose, as well in there. But but you don't um, do this often, do you? No, I don't tend so to... So thank you for doing yeah, it. Yeah, I sort of stepped back from all this a long time ago. Um, mainly, well, no, I just wanted to sort of, after the experience of that five-year period, um, I must admit I didn't particularly like it, so I sort of wanted to disappear into into the background, really. Okay, well, one of the things you said was you, you're, you're an angel investor. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us an example of any companies that you might have invested into? Oh, um, my style of angel investing is quite um, hit and miss. Um, so basically, I see a lot of, lot of companies come to me. Um, I sort of started doing things that I was passionate about, but... That's not a very good way of investing. Um, I suppose with biggest Isn't success... Isn't it? I would have thought they always say gut feeling and... Oh, complete gut feeling. Well, the one I've done, 
I didn't tell you this story actually. The one I've done, which is probably most successful, is, uh, is an app called Calm, which yes. is um, a mindfulness app. Well, it's very apt because Calm was invented by Michael Acton Smith, who was born who and brought up here, here in Marlow. Yeah, so, indeed. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I sort of got involved in that seven, eight years ago, just as an angel investor. And how, investor. Did, how did Michael come to you? How did well, how Michael did... asked me to contact Alex Chu, who yep. was the other founder. Yeah, um, and Alex Chu was famous for the Million for Dollar Page. Million Dollar Homepage, indeed. Yes. What an amazing idea that was. Yes, as a student, he basically created a one single web page with a million pixels on it and managed to convince a million people to pay for each pixel. Indeed, it's still there, I believe. Is it? Well, I think it's there now in sort of a, a historical yeah, sense, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm not sure people are paying for it, I don't know. No, I don't um, think you have to pay continuously. If I'm honest, if you talk about gut feel, I think that's probably my my favourite story, actually, because um, Michael asked me to call Alex when he just had a prototype for it, and he was in San Francisco, and I did a Skype call to him in the afternoon when I'm normally quite tired late afternoon. I have a bit of a, like most of us... And it, Calm is all about mindfulness, it's about meditation. And I'll be honest, I don't do any of that. No, I've never nor done do it. I. And I don't really get it, and it no. doesn't, doesn't work for me. No. Um, so I was, a bit, I was a little bit negative towards it compl- from the start, and already made my mind up I wasn't interested. Um, and Alex, we had a nice chat, he's a really nice guy. He and is, yeah. And um, he persuaded me to look at his prototype on the, on the desktop after, which was a sort of 10-minute meditation so I thought, oh, I'll put the phone down and I thought, I'll have a go. And I put my hands on my... So it's easy to put your hands on your lap and shut your eyes and listen to this woman and you... Well, don't shut your eyes because you're watching a, a wave breaking against the shore. That's all it does. Right. And at the end of 10 minutes, I yawned. Big yawn and my eyes felt heavy. And I thought, mind you, if, if, it, if it can work for me, it can work for anyone. So I emailed him back and said, I'm in. And oh, wow. It. And it was all based on a yawn, I believe, that one. So not even <laughs> gut feeling. Uh, OK, um, well, look, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I say to friends of mine, it's quite funny, um, Indians have been here for years, you know, we invented meditation, yoga, uh, vegetarianism, all that, and it's now suddenly finally getting to the West. It's good that you're picking up on it. Yeah. It's taken a while for you to get on board, but, you know, it's good to see that you're getting there. Still doesn't work for me. No. <laughs> um, I've tried to use it. it although I would say, I, over the summer I read a book, um, you know, Why We Sleep. Brilliant, brilliant book. Because um, I was one of the, I guess, one of those macho people. Oh, I only need four hours, six hours ah. sleep. And actually I realised that... Um, long-term diseases like um, Alzheimer's and possibly dementia and other ones are created because we don't give our brains enough time to to clear out the frontal lobe into the cortex uh, and that's what they're beginning to see and that mid-afternoon um, snooze hmm. they highly highly recommend in fact the footballer Ronaldo sleeps three times in the day as well as a Does long he really? night. yeah I'll just like to say it's going to be mid-afternoon soon so if I drop off what are you going to do? Uh, well, four o'clock, I think, is when you, you're fine. <laughs> we're fine till 3.30. Anyway, look, let's get back. So, Calm, you, you put you, you put into that, and that's brilliant. It's the number one app on Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going great guns. I believe so. it's a unicorn as well, actually. Has it reached that stage, mm-hmm. the one billion? Wow. I do believe so. The raise, last raise was uh, a billion. That's a amazing. Billion I mean, leave. Michael's got a track record of it. He did it with Mushy Monsters, yeah. uh, Firebox. So, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. That's brilliant. He, he is quite an amazing no, entrepreneur, what, I've got to say, yeah. Yeah, no wonder you don't need to work if you invest in that. Well, yeah. It's a very, very tiny amount, okay. I've just got to say. <laughs> you are one of several very 
um, successful investors. Michael Birch is another one, the person behind Bebo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else is in... Do you know any of the other investors? I actually don't. They're mostly West Coast American. Um, I'm not really networked. Uh, Andy McLaughlin, who was at Huddle. Huddle, yeah. He's one of them. And I think, obviously, uh, Ali Mitchell, his partner, I think, right. possibly in there. Don't know who else. Anyway, um, they've all big, been on the show. So There's I, a big long list. There is a big long list. Yeah. And it's a successful Brits list, actually, which is really mm, great. Mm. Um, okay, so you, you, you tended today look at some investments. Uh, you were saying, I think, you know, Calm's obviously the big famous one they've invested into, but there's others you've done, agencies and other bits. So yep. do, do you do this as a uh, professional thing or do you have, like, mates and mm, network? Not really. To- I've got a few mates who do it who are sort of in the business who I piggyback on sometimes if they do the due diligence. Um, but generally, it's, it's gut feel. Um, I go hot and cold on it. Sometimes I see a lot of really great stuff and then and then I could go months without seeing anything and it becomes the valuations become a little bit too high or I mean the scene is so different to what it was 20 years ago when we talked about it earlier there was no scene 20 yeah. years ago really um, there's just a wave of, of young entrepreneurs out there um, and so much money flying flushing around yeah um, I mean which is both good and bad I think it, yeah we were talking about the fact that you know um, sadly it's what I call buzzword bingo in in pictures because i see a lot of pictures and um you know it hasn't got the words ai blockchain and cloud or something else mindfulness similar. is another one yeah yeah and voice yeah. then you probably you know you're not probably hitting any any mm. markets but not everybody can produce a you know that sort of um, pitch and make it successful no and there's probably some really good stuff that doesn't doesn't get out there because there's, there's so much noise now. There's, yeah. it's trying to find the good ones amongst the bad is is very difficult. Yeah, I've got a friend of mine, Carrie Marsh. Um, she she's crowdfunds her businesses now, and she's done yeah, successfully that's, well. That's happening more and more now. Actually, most of the ones I'm seeing, at least fifty percent of them are, are yeah. crowdfunding. And I, I, I'm I'm. Um, mentoring a, a young entrepreneur and we're crowdfunding his business because I said to him, if you can get to the thousand customers paying, this is the Kevin Kelly model, um, I said, you know, then you've got a sustainable business and then once you're revenue profitable, go and find an accelerator mm. to upscale you, you know, and put VC money into it. Don't give your business away early doors. And um, I think by going on to something like Kickstarter or, or crowdfund and finding those first hundred customers... Mm. Uh, and who will pay you with no equity requirement, I think is a great way of proving your model. There's, it's also another thing, um, a lot of the, it just takes so much time meeting, having all those meetings of all those angel investors. I, I feel sorry for them sometimes because it's, you know, you have to do 10 meetings to get somebody interested and it's it's so time consuming. It really is. Yeah, I actually think, and I've said this several times, I think there is a new role for start, it, within the startup itself, which is the chief funding officer. Mm. And I think um, as a CEO of several startups myself in the past, um, you're right, you know, I'm trying to get the business off the ground. I'm, I'm the marketing officer. I'm the, you know, the lead developer maybe. And also, gosh, I'm the PowerPoint creator and the Cinderella kisser, you know. Yeah. How many frogs do I have to kiss before I find my prints? And um, I actually think just as we have somebody who looks after the finances and somebody who looks after the marketing, I think somebody whose full-time job mm. is to literally pitch and run around pitch and run around and then when it's a hot prospect 
pull in the CEO yeah, yeah. and whoever That no, makes else. sense, actually. I mean, yeah, it's such a distraction for... It is. It's actually killed some businesses, I think, because I think they, so. they, they, could, they spend all their time fundraising. And they, they raise a bit and then they're on the next, the next round and it's, you should be getting on doing your product. Yeah. Anyway, so today it's quite good and we'll come back to a little bit about what you do today, but let's, let's whisk back 20 years, um, if you can. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, it was an obvious idea that you came up with, or was it your wife's? It wasn't my idea. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <coughs> she should be sat here. Um, no, I mean, it's well documented. I, I actually thought it was a rubbish idea initially because I didn't enjoy my school days. I didn't want to go back to a reunion, which is what... Back Does in, anyone go back? Back in reunion? 1999, the thought of going to a, a school reunion just haunted me, you yeah. know, and I think most people, you know. Um, but what I didn't realise was the sort of element of nostalgia to it, um, and I soon picked up on that, yeah. Um, but the, the thought of doing a school reunion website didn't appeal to me initially. So what, what did you start off trying to do? Um, well, back in 99, I was programming um, for a pension company, believe it or not. Um, still in, still sort of involved with them, actually. I met them on Monday, so that's a long, long time ago, from the early 90s. Um, so I just come off the back with my business partner, Jason, um, writing a big financial online platform for pensions. I can't say that anymore boring, actually, but there you go. Um, it was, and you can imagine what that was like. Um, and we sort of recognised that we could, we could churn out very quickly um, some prototypes for internet ideas that everybody seemed to have at that time because the internet was so new. Um, nobody knew how to do anything, yet we, we did. We could write very quick code, um, very cheaply. So we thought we'd do it ourselves. And we, we had a model. We raised a little bit of money from a couple of friends, um, which we weren't really looking for. And we had a model, which sounds crazy now, um, then we had £50,000 over a year to try ideas out whilst we were working as well and um, try seven ideas and spend £7,000 on each one and if we didn't succeed after spending £7,000 we'd give it up and that was a very basic piece of paper written down and uh, yeah that was it and I think I was working on a back in early 2000 I was working on a fantasy football gaming site um, I was trying a mate's dating site out. Jason was trying a, a, a retail, online retail thing for, for party bags, for par children's parties. Um, we had a big long list of ideas to try. And Julie, my wife, came up with, um, why don't we try doing this a school reunion site where people can track down their old friends? And that's how it started. Now... I mean, reading online, famously, it, it was she'd seen classmates in the USA. Um, so th th there's two stories I, 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 I guess I've read. One was something to do with her grandfather and one yep. was to do with hunting down schoolmates. What was it? Um, well, a bit of both, really. She, she'd used the internet in late 90s to track down her grandfather she'd never met. We never really told this story much. Um, and she used some telephone uh, internet site to track him down to Denmark um, sadly he, he'd passed away before she she managed to get to find out where he lived but it was that whole I think that created a sort of realisation of how powerful the internet was um, right. for searching for people um, and then famously 
and the story always goes we must have said it a hundred times you know she was pregnant with our first daughter and um I think it was part of that which made her wanted to find out whether lots of old school friends whether they had children where they were now and she was a programmer same as me so we always talked about how we'd do a system like that and how you know how simple it could be because it is quite simple in our minds um and that was it really it was just an idea in in her head that um one of many um and as i said i didn't really throw a lot of weight into it initially i think it was actually i can't remember if it was her or me found classmates which was an american school friends reunited um and I think I found it might have been me who found it, and I sort of said, "Oh, someone's really done it. That we can, you can find your old school friends." So I was quite happy in a way. And then when we found it, it was out only American. That's when a sort of a dollar sign appeared in front of my eyes, and I thought, "Ah!" Oh. Then I saw they were charging money, and there was a couple of million people on it. But it was also not a very good site at the time. It yeah. was really clunky. Um, so it just sort of gave me the impetus to sort of. You know, start coming up with ideas of how we'd do it a lot simpler, and uh, but the potential was there. So, was Friends Reunited the first name you came up with, or, or um, were there other crazier names? Do you know what? In those days, it was really difficult to find a domain name. Um, we tried Still everything. Still is, by the yeah, way. I know, but I think it was harder then. There were so many cyber squatters with names, and you know, and it was everything with the word school had gone. I really. Okay, it's dreadful to say this. I really didn't like the name Friends United. It's really difficult to type, quite difficult to remember. Everyone got the E and the I the wrong way round. I think we, I think we found friendsunited.com in America. No, friendsunited.com in America, which was a swinging site, which was obviously <laughs> a little bit dodgy. Um, I think it was our intention just to do it. It was good because it was generic, so it's not just school days. Um, but I think we just we just wanted a, a tag to put it against. Really, it wasn't the name wasn't so important at that time. It was just get something out there. Really, now <laughs> you, you coded this in a wonderful, fancy, obviously high end code system. What was it? VB six. Yes, which I couldn't believe when you told me that. So I was at Microsoft roughly. Well, I'd been at Microsoft. I'd left by then, but Visual Basic was not what I would call the most complex programming language in terms of I couldn't imagine you building something well, as complex as... Well, that's probably because I'm not a very complex programmer. Um, uh, no, I'm, that's uh, you know, I, Well, we do like to call ourselves cowboys, cowboy programmers. Well, I'm not talking for Jason because he was exceptionally good, but, um, yeah, I'll put my hands up. I, that wasn't great. We, we wrote quick and dirty software, and, okay. and that was the idea. Prototype it, get it out there, see if it worked. Can't do that today, of course. Um, it's got to be swish and perfect. So how many days did it take you to build Ooh, the first version? I think I started it. I got... I think she won't mind me saying she nagged me to write it, but eventually I got round to doing it in about April, May time of 2000. Took me a weekend to scrape all 20,000 schools off the internet. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, took about a week to write it in my spare time. It was probably the most simple system I've ever written, the first version of it, because it's just names of people, schools, link them together, and that was it. You know, um, There wasn't a huge amount to it. You can go on the Wayback Machine and go and actually see early versions of oh, it. Oh, yes. The <laughs> first one I did, I designed it, and I'm the worst designer. It was shocking. <laughs> but people used it, and, it, you know, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so... so- 
so okay there you are you've got your first version up you, you you're probably working on other things as well it's in your seven by seven project portfolio yep um you you put a bit of money onto it no now, we didn't we didn't you, this, in this, this particular case there was no expenditure it was, wasn't making any money it was a zero net effect yeah okay um just to give people a flavor of the time you know those that are slightly younger than 30 let's say um the internet was dial up probably most um, of it yeah uh, websites were only just coming around. I mean, the browser was 95-ish, the, you know, the, the, the Netscape and IE browsers. Um, and, and probably tools for creating stuff was pretty rudimentary as well. Yeah. Um, I think I used a text editor to, to design it. For the, the, for the, <laughs> Perfect. For the HTML, I think I, I just went straight to text editor. Because I prefer that than Dreamweaver or something like that. Now, but now yeah, the, uh, the logo... Um, that's um, that, that was an interesting... How well, did the, the logo, logo come about? The logo, the original version was so poor, um, we decided to... I was work, working one day a week consultancy and there was a, a, a lovely lady called Emily who was a designer there and I paid her with a laptop. Um, you may ask where I got the laptop from, but that's another story. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously uh, yeah, we're yeah. not going to ask. No, that just came to my head. I thought I'd better not <laughs> tell that story. Um, yeah, we... I remember giving giving her a brief before I went out for lunch to say, can you do a nice design for a front page? And I gave her a load of very low-resolution, smiley pictures of um, holiday snaps I'd taken and said, create a logo out of that. And I went off to lunch and came back an hour or two later and I went to see what she was doing and she had that, I don't know if you remember it, the blue wraparound. I do, yes. With the four smiley faces in the corner. And I said, how are you doing? And she said, well, I've done this. And I was like, that'll do. And she was like, no, it's not finished. I've got loads to do. I was like, nope, that will do. And it turned out she chose my mum and dad as the logo and two other friends. So they became quite famous in their in their own right. You really. were saying that actually you calculated your mum's probably what the most well, viewed? Well, um, a couple of years later, I worked out it had been page impression-wise, probably a few billion times. And I couldn't find anything on the internet where a person's face was used in a, a logo of all the big brands. So I just remember saying to my mum and dad once that they were the most viewed couple on the internet <laughs> in the world. They're, that's probably a load of rubbish, but there you go. Yep. It was a nice, Made them it was a nice thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got your logo, you've got your site. How many users have you got now? Um... Well, we did the little redesign about four or five months into it. By that time, we probably were getting about ten people finding it a day. Okay. Um, Word of mouth. Can, well, search engine optimization. That's it. I was at the time. You got to realise the internet was. Well, you know this better than anyone. Um, it was you know no structure to it. So it was message boards of people looking for people were just lists of people saying, "I am looking for." Paul Smith, who went to Marlow Secondary School um, in 1985, and they put their email address, and they expected people to find them. But it was a needle in a haystack, if ever there was one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the whole emphasis of why, as database programmers, we could put something together very easy. It was obvious, really. Um, so I, I did probably a little bit of underhand tactics um, of scraping a lot of these message boards, um, of email addresses and just in, inviting them to come and try our service to see if they can find their friends in a structured way. You could call that spamming, but I'd like to call it... Growth hacking. Gr- growth hacking or yeah, guerrilla marketing. Market, yes. oh, growth hacking didn't exist then. It was guerrilla <laughs> marketing, I, I called it. 
Well, I always called it around those days, you know, WWW. I always used to say it was the World Wild West. Yes, yeah. You know, nobody had, you know, today we've got case study after case study where you can go, oh, that's how you do it. But actually, you were breaking ground with all of this stuff, you know. None of us had uh, foresight. You know, in, in hindsight, everything's obvious, as they say. Um, so, okay, so you've started to get a few users. Um, when did you give up your job and sort of take this on full time then? Okay, so we were up to probably about 10,000 users and we'd already had case studies of people finding old friends. Um, we believe we needed 100,000 to get sort of critical mass where people could, you know, the majority of people would see someone, even not a friend, just a name and have that emotional attachment to to the website um we got lucky um in january 2001 around then um we were on a little slot on radio radio 2 steve wright show is it yeah steve wright um, in the afternoon still doing he it. did a he did a wonderful little five minute slot about website of the day um we didn't know it was going to be on our servers died it took me a bit of time to work out what had happened um but suddenly we had 2,000 people more registered in a day. Um, everyone was coming to the site and we spent all night putting another server in just to keep the site going. So that was a real bit of luck. That sort of kick-started us. Um, at that moment, you know, rather than 50 users a day registering, it went up to about 100, 150. And it was growing nicely. So the more, obviously, the more people who came on it who would find someone, then you get then you get the true word of mouth. I mean... You know, things like, I didn't know anything about viral coefficients then, but ours must have been enormous by, you know, when it really took off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, a couple months later, we realised we were onto something, uh, gave up our consultancy, short jobs or whatever, uh, but we needed money to survive. Um, so it was at that time, uh, advertising on the site was pittance you couldn't really make much money from that and it really wasn't it was a bit rudimentary anyway you, we could probably make a few hundred yeah, pounds google ads didn't exist yeah nothing like that <clears throat> existed so it was um these these banner banner swap sites which were quite frankly horrible horrible yeah. things um and we also were quite keen to keep the site as clean as possible in terms of, uh, what i mean by clean is no adverts um i think we allowed one advert on it um because we hated sites with adverts, you know. Um, and in those days, the adverts were horrible. They're flashing horrible, oh, nasty yeah. things. Yeah. And Everyone worse. thought that, that was the way forward. Oh. So subscriptions seemed to be the way, and so we put a, we decided to put a, a payment wall, um, let people register, let people find their schools, let people see their friends all for free. Um, but if they wanted to contact their friends, we, we felt that there was enough draw for them to pay for that upgrade service to have a sort of um, uh, a special membership so we didn't know whether it was going to work because there was no nobody around doing anything like that at the time um, how much do we charge we were down I remember it well I was down the pub with Jason trying to work out four ninety nine, nine ninety nine, ten 10 quid would people pay annual charge came back with a fi- no change from a fiver for a round of beers which sounds ridiculously cheap now um <laughs> Yeah, and we just went that around here these days. Yeah, you know, what's that? A couple of beers, all right, call it a fiver then, and that was it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, tried it out. First day, we got one person paid us, and I was over the moon. I was just because it it, it showed 
that at least at least one person would pay it meant others would pay I, I say that to all startups today crank the wheel if a penny drops out of profit then you've got a business because then you can then scale that somehow yep um, so you've got your first payment yep. I, rem- I remember when it uh, Friends Reunited came around and I, I was like okay I'm going to go and find well there was a girl called Karina Eastwood I wanted to go and find she was lovely she was the girl that all the uh, boys I think that, to... that was the reason a lot of people went yeah. to it initially yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you, you know everyone used to play Kiss Chase and she was the girl everyone wanted to kiss and then a uh, couple of mates and then so and I couldn't believe when I went on there you had my junior school you know I thought you'd have my senior school but you, you'd gone down to the junior school oh, yeah, as well yeah. that was brilliant so I paid my fiver because I tried to get you know for free as you said it was a paywall everyone probably and that was the probably genius of what you did which was had you left it open because everyone said the internet was free mm-hmm. um, you probably would have made zero money everyone would have found what they wanted you would have done all the hard work and we wouldn't be here talking about it well yeah and we I'll tell you we wouldn't have lasted long because we couldn't you know, it was costing us money by this time in terms of server. There was no AWS then. Server time was a fortune. So you were telling me about some disgruntled users who were berating you yeah, for the fact well, that you when, were spending five quid to go and find a mate. Well, I, yeah, when we first did it, I used to get emails and take them quite personally where people used to tell me, how dare you charge five pound to send an email? The internet is free. And I had to remind him that three of us were working 14-hour days. We were paying the servers. We were paying, you know, we got a young family. We're exhausted. We're coding. We're answering a thousand emails a day. Can you explain to me how that's free and we're not getting any money for it? You know, so we had to do something. So I, I used to just say to him, look, I'll happily shut it down then if, if that's the case. If no one wants to pay, I'll shut it down because it's free. It should be free. Well, off you go. And, and all of them came back and said, all right, I'll pay, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's really funny. I, um, one of my observations around the web today in the last probably 18 months is how we are suddenly being uh, happier, let's say happier, with subscription models. So the FT, I think, went through its millionth customer through its paywall. And remember when that was first set up, everyone going, oh, no one will ever pay. Um, and now I look at it, you know, I pay for Netflix, I pay for Spotify, I yep. pay for uh, the FT, I pay for other subscription services, and I quite happily pay mm-hmm. um, because I, I want to get rid of the ads. I don't want the ads. And It's and gone think, full circle, really. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Um, Andrew Yang, one of the presidential candidates, has said, you know, one of the ways to get rid of trolls is for Facebook and Twitter to go to a paid subscription service. You know, get rid of the ads, then you get rid of the data problem that you have around, you know, selling the data because there's no advertising around it. So then, or you could leave advertising, but it's... It's targeted advertising at you because you are prepared to give your data because you've paid to be in a wall where it works. Um, I'm not so sure it's going to work for the Facebooks of the world and big ones because it's just accepted now. But, yeah, if you get quality data, I think, like you, I pay for all kinds of things. um, I think it's a flight to quality. Because we can afford it, we are paying for the quality bar now. Will Facebook ever be quality, though? No, that's why we don't pay for it. And and we never will. I don't don't, don't Um, think it ever will. Yeah, it'd be interesting whether somebody sets up a... I I don't know whether anyone could ever set up another social network, Mm. whether we are exhausted and, you know, every time I think, oh, there can't be another social network, 
there is one that appears like TikTok. Yeah. Currently, you know, for kids, that's a new one on the block. Um, Snapchat was a few years ago, and and you, you keep thinking, well, there was WhatsApp and Instagram, and so the, they do appear. But, yeah. But you think seriously, is there anything left? Well, coming back to that free thing though, because everybody's probably saying the same thing the f- that Facebook is free, but it isn't, is it? Let's, no. you know, we we know. It's not free. It's it's well, got paying, us. Yeah, it's paying. We, we're we paying are the it. product. We are giving our data to them. Yep. Um, uh, I, was, I was reading a piece by Kevin Kelly. He's got a book out called The Inevitable, and and in it he talks about you know I've been banging on about this for years. You know uh, the attention economy, and and we have a finite limit of our attention uh, and but our attention now they're beginning to model it under money. So if you were watching X Factor on telly, you probably you know, paid £3, £4 for your attention if, instead of them paying for the adverts to, to make that programme, they paid yep. the individual to watch it. Um, so there's, there are potentially models where advertising becomes cut out, paywalls become the new norm, and people get paid. I think Kevin Kelly's got a model where he says, I will pay you to read my book, and everyone goes, I'm sorry. He says, wow. yeah, That's if a- you pay £4.50 for the book, because he's, he's got an e-book, let's yeah, say, yeah. He says, I'll pay you £5 if you get to the end. And he knows if you've got to the end because you can measure it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he reckons that 90% of people won't get to the end, so he'll never have to pay them. So he's, he's literally testing to see if you will read his book and how far you'll go. And he reckons that you won't get to the end. No, most people don't. Apart from Spike Milligan, who always used to read the end of a book because he said, I'd die, at least I know what the story was. Um, <laughs> but other than Spike Milligan, everyone tends I to... I told them who I was ill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I highly recommend the book Inevitable anyway. It's worth reading. But going back to you, because we're not here to talk about Kevin Kelly and Spike Milligan... Um, so okay, so you, you, you've got this website. It's going great guns now. You've, you've, you've got coverage on Radio Two. The servers are falling over, and you're doing because we don't have cloud hosting. We don't nope. have load balancing and all those good nope. things. Uh, Microsoft are shocked that you're using SQL Server, and you know, mm-hmm. um, but you were paying extortionate licenses. Um, or were you getting it for free? Uh, let's not go there. Okay, moving <laughs> swiftly on. Don't worry, Mr. I'm Gates. I'm just thinking again, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure Mr. Gates won't yeah. mind. Um, okay, so what sort of ideas were you three, Jason, you and Julie, sitting down coming up with? Yeah. Um, How did you make this thing continue to grow? Do you know what? It was so busy, I think we were just seat of the pants, really. We were just adding features about memories. We were... we. It was... We weren't really employing people at that time because we, we, we probably felt ourselves it was a bit of flash in the pan anyway. Um, so we didn't really want to, to scale too quickly. And, and to be perfectly honest, we didn't have time. I was doing the PR, we were doing the finances, doing, we were up to about three or 4,000 emails a day um, that Julie was answering. We were getting a post bag of checks with five pounds in them. What were people emailing you for? Oh, just can't log on, can't do this, complaining, oh, okay. you know, uh, marketing requests, newspaper requests. It was it was masses and masses of 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 customer services basically. Um, oh, you haven't had to, got my school. This complaints. Then you yeah. Then the complaints started coming oh, in okay. about yeah. We'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, just trying to keep coding, keep. A, the servers going it was mad it was i think i said to you earlier it's the best and worst time of my life because you know you're in the papers you're on the news which i didn't particularly like but i knew i had to do it um which was exciting 
um, and you could see the re- the revenue coming in. But at the same time, I had a young daughter. Uh, we had another one on the way then as well. So it was like it was so stressful. You know, wasn't eating right. Pizza boxes everywhere, cans of beer everywhere. Just just getting through the day was quite quite a strain. We are still working a... from a tiny little bedroom at that time, so in spare bedroom as well. I so. feel there should be a film of this, like they did the Social Network. Uh, Friends reunited the film. I couldn't believe they were doing that. Yet uh, because of a good script, they made it good. We've joked about that so much. I want <laughs> Ray Winston to play me. Actually, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, sure he's. Do you know what? It would be the most boring film ever of me just sat with a tiny little laptop. I got I, some some news. Uh, cameras, uh, film crews came round from GMTV. I remember came round once to do a live show from our our control centre in inverted commas. You know, front bedroom. And, yeah, and they came up to the room and they just saw my little room with loads of vinyl records around me and a tiny little laptop on my desk and went, "Is that it? Where's all the computer? Where's all the servers?" I went, "Well, they're down in Dockland somewhere. You know, this is it. What do you mean?" And they were like, that's not very exciting, is it? <laughs> and it, honestly, they, it was bonkers. They just... Then, I think, because there was a boom and bust, I do firmly believe there was yeah, a boom and bust. the crash was yeah. 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, so we'd had that boom, we'd had the bust, and a lot of newspapers were going, this internet thing's not what it's cracked up to be, you know. We didn't go out and try and raise money. We didn't. We weren't a boo.com or anything like that. We just got on with it and put our heads down and just worked our asses off basically and I think when the new when we started growing I think the media loved us because it was a husband and wife team um, from a little bedroom in Barnet look you don't need to have millions behind you you don't need to be a big corporate they can do it I didn't realise that at the time but you know looking back that they loved us they also knocked us down afterwards I've got to say but that's the typical British media for you yeah. you know they loved all the success stories and then they loved blaming us on all the divorces and stuff like that that came yeah, along well, you know I, so, I know one of my friends who got divorced because of Friends Reunited uh, well I'm sorry well, same because of, <laughs> I think she would have got divorced anyway you just... know what there was one day probably in 2002 where Relate came out with a statistic about um, the divorce rate had gone up because of the internet and sites like Friends Reunited I mean, it's clear as mud. If you're going to find an old flame and you, you know, yeah. it re-sparkles, then unfortunately that happens. And I had to go into a studio and do something like a dozen back-to-back radio interviews to to defend the website. The reality was, though, it was great because everyone listened to it. Everyone listened to those stories, and every loads more people went online to find their old flames. You know, so the traffic just spiked up again. So every time there was a bad story. It turned into good traffic for us. So it was a real... <laughs> even though we had to push it away and defend it all the time, which we could do, you know, um, it created more traffic. Yeah, as they say, all PR's good PR. It went completely. There was even a Channel 5 programme called The Curse of Friends United. Oh, really? Yeah, for an hour, and we insisted on being on it. There was a guy on there who bla- whose family... No, he, he, he put in his profile, he's doing really well selling Charlie. Okay? Yeah. Cocaine, for those who yeah. don't know. And I remember it so well. Police went round, arrested him, and he was in prison. His family went on the Curse of Friends United to blame us for <laughs> his stupid. son being... And when I was interviewed, I just went, but he's just stupid, you know? Yes. I mean, come on, how can you blame the website for doing that? And it's just madness. I know, honestly, it was such a weird time. I mean, we got, we got blamed for all kinds of things, but, you know, so be it. You know, you... you 
it shows that we've successful, I suppose, in some respects. But so okay, so what were you what were you valued at? I mean, these were the crazy dot com days. I mean, oh. you must have had a value of some crazy sky limit. Where, um, where were we were you? well, we were nearly bored at the end of two thousand one. Um, it wasn't wasn't a huge amount. It was, it was a huge amount to me at the time, but looking back. Um, we were just very tired and someone came along with an offer and we just thought we'd get out. Um, that fell through. What number? Come on. Uh, that was in the range of about 10. 10 million? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, a decent chunk of money. Yeah, it was good from, from something that's only a year old. That was very good. But looking back, that was unbelievably cheap. That's, you know. Yeah, in hindsight. Um, then we also then we spent a year really growing it and employing a few people we realized um and came to the end of that process that me and jason realized that we were enjoying it we didn't you know we like programming we like trying ideas out and suddenly you're dealing with people's hr issues and stuff like that even on a minor scale i wasn't enjoying it so much so we went out with a process of trying to sell it then but again there was a bit of a low in the in the internet world so the offers didn't feel right so we took a backward seat in 2003 and brought in a proper management team who, who sort of uh, professionalized the site and professionalized the business if you know what i mean fat i suppose you could say fattened it up a bit to uh, get it ready for a proper sale um which they did very very successfully as well i've got and, to say had you you know got your mind round to right it's just now it's going to be sold it wasn't okay um you know, we're going to try and... So, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you now look at the size of the Facebook and you look at the size of, you know, the, the other social networks, could you have made, you know, Friends Reunited of that level? Or, or was it a case of, nah? It, 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 I, I call it the British disease, which is we never seem to scale. We, all, we, we sell before scale. I think you're right there. Um, I think my personal ambitions weren't that huge either if i'm brutally honest um yeah i mean yeah we grew it we fattened it up and eventually sold to itv for a very nice sum um we were trying lots of ideas jeans reunited out it's public order so what was the amount you well, sold the initial to? amount i was involved was 120 million so, so that's you know that's, 12x that's pretty damn good yeah from your 2001 yeah. value yeah yeah um, in two years and you you know there were times where I look back and we could have taken it into the sort of Facebook mode just before Facebook was coming off. Um, so, yeah, you've got two things there, really. You know, you, do you regret not carrying on and trying to become the, the first Facebook? The Facebook, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. it wasn't around. And you could have become global and you could have turned In it into a social network. we looked it up, didn't we? Yeah. We started Facebook. And or do you think the other way around is if we carried on and we hadn't, succeeded then we would have ended up with nothing so i'm yeah. sort of pretty damn happy with my lot in a way um yeah because my, my space was around at the same time as you yeah um, very different beast that day that was a music yeah, really I, yeah. I, and I, I kept wondering would you have looked at that and got oh that's an interesting feature should we copy it yeah we were trying we were we were into dating at that time we were into genealogy uh genes reunited was pretty successful uh we tried a networking site out but uh, it was a little bit clunky and it wasn't quite that really easy to use facebook or twitter you know i mean i yeah there was a there was a couple of board meetings where we we could have gone one way or another but who knows it's easy to say in hindsight okay so but, um, so congratulations you've now sold friends reunited to itv 
Obviously, they've made you chairman. They've kept you on board. You're... No, I was out of the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm totally amazed when you tell me that, that, that they didn't golden handcuff you to the business. Well, you've got to realise, by that time, Arsenal would have got out of the business all taken a back seat in 2003. Um, right. And I, the, what, I saw 2005 my... 2005 now. Yeah, I saw my role bringing the management team to sort of run it on a day-to-day basis with proper marketeers, proper product managers, advertising properly, you know, really ramped up a bit. Um, I had to keep pulling them in on that one because, you know, it was very easy just to fill the site with adverts and spam, you know, all kinds of things we could have done. Um, so I was already trying things out I'm, I'm more of an ideas person than than running a, a being a ceo um so in 2005 by that time i was really not instrumental to the business it, it was it was the management team who were running it and, and really uh, getting the the most out of it in terms financially you know um so my time had been done so I was more than happy to, to be told to walk away. Same, same as Jason. We were both very happy to, to just take our load and, and walk off. Yeah. yeah, not too bad. No, um, it was very I'm nice. I'm sure that, you know, I won't ask you to, to, to give a personal number, but that, uh, a sizable chunk of that would have gone to your bank manager and you would have been happy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking up. Um, Bebo was sold to um, AOL for 850 million and MySpace sold to News Corp for 850 million. Mm. So, you know, getting out... Things was cheap then, yeah. Yeah, very (laughs) cheap. So what were the plans? I mean, they must have told you, look, we want to buy this off you because we're going to do what with it? Um, Well, no, I didn't know. I wasn't part... I wasn't party. I wasn't... Well, one, I didn't... I did care, but I wasn't party in the negotiations. So because I wasn't part of the future, they didn't even show me the... There was a document of a massive business plan. I was told I wasn't allowed to compete in anything in their business plan, and when I looked through it, I think the only two items they didn't have a planned were gambling and porn. Right. So that was about it. You went so, home to the wife and said, "Look, I've got a new business." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was more than happy because I, I had no plans to do anything. So you know, as much as I said I'm not going to do anything, it, they they tied me down pretty uh, pretty tightly to to not compete in anything. Um, but with, with your stand ability to look back, but also at the time looking out from the outside in, what were they going to do with it? You would have thought they had a plan to grow it, um, and maybe they did, but I didn't see much going on. It was about monetizing it, really. It, it felt like they were just, as I kept on looking at it, it seemed more and more commercialization was taking part and less and less um, ideas. I mean, I'm probably wrong there, and I'm probably doing the guys I know really well still a disservice, but um, it, it just felt like that. I, I don't particularly like deals with big earnouts because it disincentivizes people to become, you know, the entrepreneur side of it, you know. Um, I don't know. At that time, I'd, I'd gone anyway, so yeah, my, uh, my baby had, had gone off and, and left. So Yeah, it just feels like, I mean, as I said, I read out, you know, MySpace um, was sold... Fox and AOL bought uh, Bebo and ITV bought you. 
because there's a program on telly I was telling you about I think you and Julie would love to watch called Succession it won an Emmy recently uh, it's actually a really good show I'm binge watching it at the moment okay, you know, I'm two episodes. and literally it's the Murdoch family story you know you've got this horrible CEO who's the bully pulpit CEO has two two sons one's a bit thick and, and the smart daughter and in the in the Fox family allegedly uh, Murdoch's family Elizabeth is the smart one but um uh, yeah, and it's the son who says, you know, we need to get into this internet thing because TV's not the future, and the dad's, you know, very much the future is TV, and he's wanting to buy local radio and TV, and the sons are going, no, we've got to go to the internet, it's the future. Well, may I think they must have based that on 2005 because that's, you know, people probably may not know this, but News Corp tried to buy us, and... Um, I think I'm allowed to say that now after 15 years. Uh, I think it was <laughs> the son. going to do anything about it. I think it was the son's one of the son's wives who just said, "Go and buy Friends United," sort of thing. They, but then they bought MySpace for what you, the amount you said, and they got tied down with that. And by that time, we went out to um, sort of general, you know, sale, and lots of lots of media companies, old style media companies, came in for us. Um, because they were feeling they're getting left behind in the digital world, and you can see why. But it did feel you saw what News Corp did to MySpace, which was killed Crushed it. it. Killed yeah. it. You saw what AOL did to Bebo, which was killed it. And I don't like to say it, but ITV didn't get make a success out of Friends United. Well, because, they certainly didn't get their money back. <coughs> no. Um, so it felt like everybody from old media was just buying up any digital platforms uh, what they could, and. Um, I mean, it's great for us, you know, I, I'm not knocking it, but they killed a few products along the way, in a way, because they didn't know what they are doing. Yeah, now, there is a similarity between you and Michael Birch in one thing, and I didn't know this, you bought Friends Reunite, or were given in your case, Michael bought it for a million quid. Actually, I met Michael, and we have, there's loads of similarities, we lived near each other, we went to the same college, I think we were the same age, almost, <laughs> yeah. Very similar. And both programmers. Went to the same college. Yeah, Imperial, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. I think he's a bit younger than me, but yeah. 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 And we like curry as well. So okay. And you both donated back to Imperial, obviously. Um, I've been back a few times. I, not donated. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I have. <laughs> but, um, I can't remember what the question was now. Well, what the question was. Oh, yes. We bought back. Yes. Yeah. He took Bebo back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to Friends. Um, they ITV sold it a loss to DC Thompson. Um, DC Thompson were buying it for Jeans Reunited by now because that was more valuable than Friends. And I don't know what year that was, probably uh, 2010, 2009, something like that. Um, DC Thompson then pivoted Friends and rewrote it to be a memory board box system, which didn't work, unfortunately. Um, and then a few years ago, they offered it back to me for nothing. So, to see if I wanted to have another play, which I did in the end. I don't know why. Um, but it was your baby. Well, it was a strange one. I don't know. It was just the right time, right place. But as it, I, ha- I had an idea for another site called Life, which was a cut-down Facebook of... What um, year are we looking at now, roughly? Oh, 2016, maybe? 15, okay, 16. so not, not that far yeah. back. Yeah, and okay. Jason and me got involved in it, but the, we were just going to use Friends as a sort of marketing database with no real plans to do much with it and then try and piggyback another service off the back of it, which is what we did in the first place, use use the database to, to drive traffic to other services. Um, didn't work out. 
you know you shouldn't really go back when I look back in hindsight um, and I didn't really have the hunger if I'm honest um, I got very frustrated because everything took so long to program nowadays because everything's got to be perfect and of course I'm not a programmer anymore so I had to rely on other people but I, within that period even though life didn't work um, we did shut down Friends United as well it came to its, the end and I was the one who hit the button to turn it off so it felt it felt right as well I didn't, I didn't feel upset but it felt after something like 18 years 17 years it was a it was a good time to shut it down now the other thing you told me was that your daughter's at college right now doing her A-levels yep and at um, school yeah and she's obviously um Friends Reunited came up as a case oh, study oh that's uh, well this is really weird I was actually on my way to meet Jason for lunch on Monday and and our original friend who invested in us in 2000 a guy called Nigel and another friend called David and on the train up my daughter sent me a picture with an exclamation mark she'd just turned over a page in business studies a level and there is a pay a whole case study on friends united does it make you feel old well it made me feel old but i did feel for her i just thought oh my god those you know they're gonna have to discuss our business in front of her mates or oh, oh i think she's okay i think it's all right it was quite funny Let's, let's I mean, you could, you could get her an A star by walking in that day, you know, and going, "Hello, it's me." No, I I'm this. not going to do that. I'm no, no chance. No, a living case study. Yeah, and it was all about the sale as well. It was all. Oh, there was, Did they get it right? Were they accurate? Or? No, it was a lot of. I read it and I thought that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Right, and there's loads of the theory of models of growth and stuff that I'd never even heard of. I never did business at school, so I don't know what wow. any, okay, I didn't so know what any of this meant as well. I'll have to get her to teach me. <laughs> so. <laughs> so looking looking at um what's out there today, I mean obviously as you said right at the beginning you're still involved tangentially uh, you know as an investor in certain startups. Um you, you you have a great lifestyle now, you know, you've got um your sports but you do you look around and look at the market and say it's where you thought it would go is 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 social networking social media has it has it come to an end are we well gonna, is it at the end of its cycle now the first as well? first thing to realize is when when we started there was no such thing so even when we sold i don't think there was a term called social networking so you know when when and where that got created and used in everyday terminology i don't know so whether we were a true social network i suppose we were one of the, one of the first um and i didn't really know where it was going so whether i know whether i'm thinking we are where we well i thought we'd be i have no idea i had no idea then i still don't know now i find, I find it exciting and also frustrating at the same time um I loved Facebook at some, you know, years ago. I loved Instagram. I usually sponge technology. Isn't Instagram really what life was? Yes, to a point. Um, but it was more self-contained just in your group of friends. I don't like the idea of showing off to the world sort of thing. It was to, to try and get yeah. away from that. I don't, I'm, but then I'm old. But the trend so. is now going that way. I mean, I don't know if you saw recently, they, you know, they're, they're turning off the number of likes and followers that you're getting. So it's not about influencers getting to say oh look you're so popular mm. you know um they are trying i think to get to that point i, don't know, I mean 
it is a new world. I, I don't like to see there was a mid-50s guy moaning about, you know, likes and stuff like that. I, I sponge all this stuff and I enjoy it, but at the same time, I'm not the target audience. So I see what my daughters are doing and just see them completely attached to Instagram and Snapchat constantly and don't particularly like it, but I realise it's there now for good, you know. Facebook's an interesting one. I mean, we can talk and talk about that. We will do after the news. Yeah, but I I just don't know many people use it, so it's just incredible. Yeah, everybody doesn't seem to... Two billion people active I know, I know. A day. But I talk to the kids and they say, oh, I wouldn't touch that. I talk to millennials, they wouldn't touch that. No. It's it's, weird. Facebook is the granddad and grandma network now. It's it's the parents' network. It's mine and yours, really. I thought Friends United was a granddaddy. (laughs) Well, it would be today, Is that a great-grandfather now? Yeah, Yeah. but but what I mean is that my my daughter, who's 15, doesn't touch it. Yeah. Look, we're fast coming up to the news. When we come back from the news, um, I've got a whole load of questions to ask Steve. You know, I think I think given your background, it'll be interesting to see. Again, Facebook's just released a a tool to allow us to control our data. They've they've brought in a board over the board. Um, there's lots of stuff that people are talking about. Let's split them up. I think it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are on all of that, maybe. Um, and also, I'd be interested in some of the other areas where the internet might go next. But anyway. Before we do that, Steve Pankhurst, if you have missed it, you can always get the podcast uh, later this week um, from Friends Reunited. It's been a fascinating story so far, but we're going over to the boys and girls at Sky. Let's see what they have to say. You're listening to Stan Sethi on Marlow FM. OMG, who gave him a show? Indeed, who did? Hello, Marlow. Hello, the web. Welcome back. Yes, it's Sam Sethi here on Sam Talks Technology. It's Wednesday, of course, and I've been joined by a wonderful guest, Steve Pankhurst, who is the co-founder of, if you remember it, Friends Reunited, which puts you above a certain age. Uh, anyway, you have to be a certain age to remember it, but it's been a wonderful walk down uh, the old history alley, looking at stuff that you did, Steve. I mean, um, has, has stuff come back to you now, even now, Oh, yeah, yeah. As I talk about it, you know, from year to year, you don't sort of have these chats and you forget about it quite easily. We don't talk about it on a day, weekly, monthly basis. You just get on with life. So it's actually quite nice to do things like this and just remember some of the stories and remember, wow, did that really happen? You know, that that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's really, it is an interesting story, but when you're caught up in it, it's just your life, basically. Yeah, so, um, we were talking about the fact that, you know, um, you, you sold it to ITVO, probably at the right point, um, in, in hindsight. Um, it didn't become the unicorn, as we call them today, the billion-dollar companies. But would you, would you in, in looking at Facebook now, I mean, w- what would you, would you advise Mark to do anything? Uh, <laughs> Me advise Mark? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, in the sense that... That's an interesting one. Um, uh, does, is Mark doing anything right? Because right now... Um, they are in a bad place. They, they, I okay, they uh, what did bad. you say their profit was for the last quarter? Yeah, $612 billion. I, I mean, don't see that as too bad. No, place, and that, that, that's, that's where I get confused between the nobody trusts Facebook, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of the Cambridge Analytica stuff that came out, the fact that they won't veto or vet political ads with fake news... Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and recently gave a brilliant uh, presentation. If you've not seen it, go on YouTube and search it, where he likened uh, Facebook. If it was around in Nazi Germany, Goebbels would have loved it, and he would have just basically put out stories about, 
you know, killing Jews and fake news. And and what Sasha Baron Cohen was saying was, how can Zuckerberg sit there and not, um, you know, put resources behind fact-checking? Well, from sounds of it, haven't they just employed tens of thousands of people in the UK to try to to curb a lot of this sort of stuff don't they 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 come out with all the sound bites of doing doing things but with those sort of profits they can do what they like really um that's the problem i think um, i think facebook is now too big obviously we all know that um would you would you advocate as they are you know splitting whatsapp facebook and instagram up now into separate components well, they are, aren't they already? But I know what you mean in terms of well, separate they, businesses. They're going the other way with it. So they they renamed it. Um, it's now called Instagram from Facebook. Yeah, I've noticed they've started uh, what's doing that, that from Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they all got merged into sort of one platform, that would be quite scary because you, be, because Facebook would become the internet in some respects, apart from bit of google you know and uh, but it, it feels like that for some people already you know it's, yeah it, it, i i just think there are people in the world who believe the internet is facebook stroke instagram stroke whatsapp because that's well, all they use it's that's it they wouldn't be able to live without it um, facebook doesn't allow google to index any content it's a it's a closed walled garden mm. so no content gets out they suck everything in so if you remember those like buttons they used to put on everyone's website they they had javascript in there that would actually suck out where you were what you clicked what you were doing mm. um they've famously got um dark profiles they're called where they start to build up a profile on you even before you've joined so when you join they can do things like who your friends are and what you're doing um, they deny all of this. I should, I should hasten to add, but lots of people who've left Facebook have confirmed it. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Zuckerberg's aim is to be Alibaba or to do what Alibaba has done, which is to get micro payments through the back end channels like WhatsApp and um, the, the profit increase that we've seen in the Facebook uh, quarterly results is because Instagram has turned on payments for goods and services. Yep. Um, so he's trying to make this more of a payments company. I mean, did you read about Libra, his micropayments, cryptocurrency payment system? He's been trying to do that for some time, I believe, yeah. So, I mean, everyone's abandoned ship on it, and that comes back to this trust issue. They don't trust Zuckerberg, and also central governments aren't going to quite allow him to um, take over the world's currency. Um, that so would I, be quite scary, actually, wouldn't it? If, yeah, uh, if well... If became, yeah... With two billion people, I actually look. One of the things that when Libra came out, I actually applauded it, which was um, it wasn't a Bitcoin currency. It was a cryptocurrency, and the idea behind it was that if you and I wrote something like a blog post or created a piece of video today, actually charging twenty-five or fifty p for it is really hard to do mm. because by the time you've charged that 50p and you've paid PayPal or Stripe or other gateway payment providers, um, the percentage they take, you, you're probably making very, very little. Um, whereas with cryptocurrencies and micropayments uh, or a micropayment system, instead of me giving you a like, I could go, hey, Steve, there's, there's 20p, there's 50p, mm-hmm. congratulations. And as content creators, it would be great because 
yeah, yeah. build the build an audience vertical you know the long tail as chris hansen called it um you could have a long tail customer segment niche and and get paid but the long tail idea of being paid like that's been around for a long time um but it lacks whether, them, it's the payment system isn't yeah. there that's the problem i mean as i keep coming back to it just feels like it's it's too big now and and it's there um the only thing I can think of is, you know, Microsoft was too big and, you know, yeah, it feels like it's a bit of a... No, I, I mean, it, it's an amazing business, but Google's too big. So these these big corporate tech companies come and not go, but I'm trying to find what, what the new one's going to be. And it worries me that Facebook has been around for quite some time now and there isn't anything coming up on it on its tails at the moment. It's well, uh, as I said, the Chinese TikTok, which was basically a... There was a company called Musical.ly, which my daughter... Oh, I remember that. Well, mm. last so a very short period that did, though. Well, it was it? bought by TikTok. Oh, was it? That's ah. what TikTok is. Um, so Musical.ly was... I remember my teenage daughter. You've got teenage Yeah, daughters. yeah, they were using it for a short period. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that was the tool or the, the video uh, uh, app that, that was being used. Yeah. And ByteDance, which is the Chinese company bought it and renamed it TikTok ah, uh, okay. and strangely Twitter if you recall had a company called Vine yeah. which was famous for creating 15 second videos yeah, I remember that and well. then they abandoned ship on that um, but Musical.ly came out eventually and TikTok is now that and actually strangely people are beginning to understand that this could be the future of advertising um, so what's happening is people now can create content that's, that's irreverent um, put it out and people will see it and, and they're beginning to say well why spend hundreds of thousands on slick advertising when you can put out you know 15 second ads that are sponsored with influencers getting so I don't know if you realise this uh, Cristiano Ronaldo won I think picture and he can charge a quarter of a million pounds I think he makes more money from that than playing football now yeah. doesn't he it's yeah. crazy his, yeah. his rights so again I think that, that we of a certain age are having to readdress our brains to this model the, <coughs> indeed I mean think back influencer market I mean if someone had sat me down 10 years ago and explained that to me I would have gone what you know really you, you know even the YouTubers type, type of endorsement I would have I was just scratched my head and not worked it out. But these things progress. It's, it's called progress, isn't it? It's like it, it's it's a new type of uh, advertising that we we're just not used to. From look look at what we've been talking about twenty years ago. What we used to do with those horrible adverts and banner swaps. It's just staggering where we've come from. But I can imagine Friends Reunited could have gone down this road. So imagine you were the popular kid at school. Now that you've reunited with your classmates and you were the influencer in that group, you know, and then you could market to that friends group that mm. you, you had. Yes, that's an interesting thought. I'm not so sure. I'm no. not so sure. I don't know, because I think the dynamics coming back to school days completely changed. You know, the, the, it's not necessarily the most... If I look back even at my own school and class groups, you know, the ones you thought were going to be successful aren't and the ones who are a bit of a you know didn't do so well at school are pretty doing pretty well so i don't know the dynamics change as you grow up yeah i mean i think what we're seeing though is is um social media fatigue right now 
Mm. Um, the, the hiatus was probably a few years back, five years ago maybe, you know, where everyone was posting all yep. the time, watching every time. Um, I think you've had to see things, tools, for example, uh, on your iPhone or Android phone, which tells you how many hours you've yep, been on. Yeah, that, yeah. Strangely, children now gamify that. Instead of going, trying to get it to go down, they're trying to get it to go up. Yeah, lots of tools where they have to log on every day to do a post uh, to keep their run going, isn't there? Yeah. There's stuff like that. It's scary. There's just new techniques to, to get kids to come back. You know, we were trying to do it from Friends United days to make people yeah, come back. Yeah, what did back. you use in those days? Oh, we, you know, that's the key to it. We just started adding memory stories, stories of the day, sending emails out. This is very basic stuff. New joiners, emails um, to everybody to say somebody's joined your class group, you know, so to make them click on a link to, to go in there. So it wasn't much difference. It was all about trying to get people to stay on the website and to come back to it. And you're constantly trying to page impressions was such a key key thing in those days. So it's the same thing now. It's just it's just a different world, isn't it? It's a different type of content. Um, Is it really? I sometimes wonder. I mean, it's plus ça change, plus la même chose. You know, more the things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, we are what we are. We 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 have our tribe of people. Famously, the Dunbar number is 150 people. Um, you know, allegedly you can't have more than 150 friends, or your brain explodes. Or you're, I don't think it's quite that. But, but, but what they're saying is that you know the depth of relationships, your synaptic links, in effect, with those friends can't be uh, expanded beyond that sort of number because we just don't have that capability. Mm. Um, and and I look at as I said, you know, Facebook is beginning for me. I, I call it fake book now. Um, because, you know, it's, everyone puts up... I'm, uh, I'm working with a friend of mine up in Liverpool on a men's health, um, mental health site. Uh, it's called uh, Male Paradox, uh, based on the book Chimp Paradox. OK. And, and men um, more than women. Women, I don't know, maybe it's the way they, they're genetically designed or, or just are, you know, the girls will talk and they will talk deep about emotions and, and, and feelings and issues. And me and my mates generally, if it's not football or, or, or rugby or whatever, it's very shallow. We don't really have a depth. No, tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I call it the male paradox because on the outside, you know, I, I, I was taught in my day, you know, men don't cry, you stiff up a lip, um, you know, if there's a fight, you fight and you don't cry. And, and, and you make up very quickly afterwards, yeah. yeah. But, but it's that front that men have to put, whereas inside we probably are struggling with, you know, personal challenges and emotions, um, you know, some people have financial ones, others can be relationships, and, and we hide them as men. So, um, and that's where I see Facebook today, for example, and even looking at my children, you know, they've, they've got makeup filters and, and other filters that, that, that just aren't them, right? So I wonder where this is going to lead to, because I know for men, there are a lot of people that we are uh, interviewing now who are struggling? I think the I think it's been good in the last five years that the mental health thing has, has come out. I mean, I've been involved in a couple of startups. There's one called Sanctus, which is okay. really good, um, a sort of coaching. Well, I think it was recognised in the startup community. There was a really bad issue going on because there's the whole feeling in the startup community of we're really crashing, cracking air, and we're doing this, and we raise this money, well, and it's we're called valued. fake until you yeah. make it, and. 
I could sort of see it that you know you, you get monthly updates from some sites and they they they're just showing the 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 KPIs that they want to show and you, but you know you can read between the lines that other things weren't so good and a few of them I know sort of were struggling big time uh, with mental health issues because of it because it's this fake fake persona you have to put out and that's not just startup community that's in that's in all workplace so at least that's come out and i'm seeing so many pitches to do with with that sort of sector um so that's a good thing um has social media created that probably a very big part of it in a way that whole thing yeah yeah I, i think i think what what um Keeping up with the Joneses, what yeah, we used yeah. to call it in our day, didn't we? Yeah. It was like, you know, you'd look at what car they had on the drive and But that's all you could, well, that's all you could compare against now. It's just, you know, and I know you, you interviewed Chris. Um, Chris, Chris Ward, Ward yeah. You know, and that whole idea of perfectionism as well is... is is fascinating because I didn't realise it was such a big area. But I can see it, you know, I, I see it slightly... In, in all the kids around me sort of thing and all the way through to to our age group as well yeah i've never heard of ocpd yeah which yeah. is basically um perfection disorder yeah, yeah um and it was like and chris was trying to explain that you know being the boss of his company he said jump they said how high he went home and said that to the wife and strangely it didn't work yeah, yeah. um but he had that perfection issue um, yeah. and i think yeah less perfect more happy which is his that's book his, yeah that's right um, i think it's a great um view of it because i think we all struggle with looking at everyone else and going oh I, that's the perfect life mm. they wonderful cap couple or two mm. kids um but yeah i, th- I think s- so do you think facebook should be doing more then i think they can always do more let's face it and i think they're deep down they're probably trying you know and i'm sure he's trying but he's just created something that's uncontrollable I, there's that black mirror um Yes. Episode uh, was it? It was a Facebook clone, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it Smithereens or something like that? So, something like that with the Andrew Scott kidnapped somebody, an employee, and the final scene where he said, "I'm not in control anymore." It was a Mark Zuckerberg ta- character, and he said, "Do not realise I'm not in control. It's, it's run by teams of people telling everybody what to do." And I, I did, you know, Black Mirror. I do like because it does make you think is this really going on you know I don't suspect it's that extreme but sometimes you wonder how much control one person can have Um, so it really did make me think that did Um, well I mean again something that Facebook has announced today they've announced um, a new oversight board um, but from everyone's review of this oversight board which is supposed to be I don't. So my wife's a non-exec director on several companies, and the non-execs are supposed to be an overview board yeah. to execs. Um, and I, I, the famous quote um, on, on "Have I got news for you?" was, you know, somebody came on and said, "I'm a non-exec," and they said, "Well, what's that?" It's a bit like a B day. You know what they're there for, but you don't know what to do with them. Okay. Um, and so, um, but he's crazy this oversight board. But because of his share structure in the company, um, there's nothing that they can do. There's no control. So, so what's the point? Well, that's what everyone's saying. It's like, you know, Facebook outlined the powers and limitations of the board, stating that the company is committing the fund and trust that will support the board for six years. And everyone's going, but the board's decisions will not necessarily create precedence for the social network. 
So, so he's adding some another layer just to make it look like he's yeah. creating something. But at the end of the day, he's in control. Well, it's a bit like those ten thousand people you mentioned. You know, being hired in London um, to do due diligence, I guess, on it. Mm. But they're not because they did that in America, and, and the companies that they had. Um, they, they, I think the staff ended up with PSTD, you know, the, the mm. uh, like the soldiers doing critical war situations, because they were seeing pictures of paedophilia, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were seeing you know, pretty horrible stuff that they're having to block out, and but they were seeing it all the time, yeah. to the extent where they, they just couldn't do it, so, um, and algorithmically, you would think we could do that these days. No, people would get around it. People would get around it somehow, and that's why they haven't employed 10,000 people more to do it, I suppose. Yeah. Now, I mean, my wife was... Um, UKMD for MSN, the Microsoft Network, and she famously closed down um, the chat groups. Uh, and one day, um, she kindly took me into the office and uh, showed me what type of content was going through these chat rooms. And it was horrendous. It was lit, and there was nothing they could do. She said, "There, were, we could employ a million people, and we still couldn't stop this stuff." Interesting. Well, uh, to be honest, that's one of the reasons we shut down Friends United eventually a few years back. The site hadn't become... The site had a core... I don't know how many thousands of people just using the chat rooms. And they were our generation because they'd grown up through Friends United in their probably 30s and in their 40s and 50s. And they just argued the whole time. It was the same sort of stuff. It wasn't particularly nasty-nasty, but it was you know argumentative and just rude and, and it was just like why just even that this this wasn't kids this was our generation and in the end i just went had enough that's it yeah i think under gdpr you'd be under a lot of stress now for mm. what's going through there i mean mm. um i think facebook in germany for example does have a higher bar that it has to go through because uh, they can't have anything related to Nazi Germany uh, and, and that right wing stuff so they have to do that mm. um, I, again I think they famously say you know technology goes like a, uh, a wheel much much faster and then the wheel of politics and legality and compliance eventually catches up to the fast spinning wheel so technologists break the next generation and then after that the legal systems come and catch them up so mm. i think gdpr is the first version i think in california this year they've just announced the u.s version of gdpr um and if it's announced in california it'll roll out through the whole states um so it, i think we're beginning to get to the point where um they're beginning to say hang on a minute what are you doing to our children? Yeah. Um, I think the UK government's just announced that they, that Facebook... Well, they're trying to make sure that Facebook doesn't allow uh, under-16-year-olds to have certain features that they put all their privacy totally hard on. Um, it's a difficult one to control, it. Yeah. That's a really, yeah. As you said, Pandora mm. is out the box. Yeah, yeah. And can you put it back in? Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping, I really am hoping, that when I look at the behaviour <laughs> of my teenage children they're not on facebook that even my 20 year old now does less and less social and they've actually decided at university that actually going out and meeting people mm. in the real world is quite a nice thing to do and going back to watch live concerts and yep. being human i think um maybe maybe social is just this 20 year cycle we've gone through maybe let's hope so let's hope so so um if you uh, were going to start something else what would you start 
Oh, that's a tough one. I haven't got any ideas in my head at the moment, apart from a, a, a beer app, that's all. A beer app. <laughs> Craft beer app, discovery app, yeah. Um, no, I think, my, I think I've just become now, I've got to the end of my ideas, actually. I think everything's been done, it feels like. The low-hanging fruit, yeah. very difficult to come up with anything that's not been done. You know, anybody could come up with an idea and you just do a search. I still get people coming up to me with ideas, going, oh, can, how do I do this? And then you go, it's been done, you know, it's yeah. been done well. So it's a tricky one, really. Um, no, I think, I've, I think I'm done. Okay. Um, your children? Uh, are the acorns falling far from the entrepreneurial tree? Um, my eldest is a bit of an artist. Um, leave her to that. No interest in... Oh, she uses social media, but uh, in her own way. Uh, daughters, as I said earlier, is doing business studies and may have that entrepreneurial spirit, but let her find her own way in life. I'm not going to push her. Yeah. Would you fund her? Depends on the idea. She'll have to put a business plan together <laughs> and pitch it to me, I think. Oh, OK. So you could be the angel who, who comes to fund her. Of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> OK, well, look, Steve, um, thank you so much for your time. That's fine. It's, it's been, been amazing having you on here. It's been really fun, actually. Thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.